You know, I am so happy to introduce Doyle. Um, Doyle has become a real friend of mine over the past few years, known for, I don't know, I don't know, 10, 15 years or so. But, you know, he called up last Saturday and said, hey, what are you doing for Easter? You have a big plan laid out? Uh, because if you don't, I can come up. And I said, Doyle, God just changed my plans. And uh, so I am so, ha- I'm so thankful to, to introduce Doyle. Doyle is one of the most humble guys and the most approachable people you'll ever meet. And he is gifted. The Lord has talented him with so much. And he's going to share today. Doyle, you have the next hour, an hour and a half, whatever you want to do for us. This is, all, this is all you and Jesus now, okay? It's the Doyle and Jesus show. Amen. Thanks. Thanks, Pastor Mike. I'm not going to play guitar. I'm just going to preach to you this morning. I found out my uh, picking went over better than my preaching a long time ago. And, uh, but, you know, it's, it's all in what the Lord calls us to do. And, uh, and he called me to, to be a guitar player. But and through the years, I've done other things, but not much, to be honest. Notice uh, on the one of the sides of the sign there is talking about our troops.
Hallelujah. Sing with me. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on. Again. Glory, glory. Sing loud. truth is marching on. celebrating Easter today in places that are that are godless but thank the Lord for the freedom that we have to worship God and to uh, to celebrate the risen Christ and uh, I remember yet uh, last year uh, I asked my uh, my grandson my grandkids, my, my granddaughter too. So what do you think I should play? What, what should Poppy play for Easter? And they said, the Easter Bunny song. <laughs> now what if we just came to church and played the Easter Bunny song? And, uh, you know, there's some weird people around. You know, I, I flew from Montreal about three days ago through New York City, then through Atlanta, and it was just a weird day. Just rude people. One guy wanted to get off the plane, and we were sitting in the tarmac. It was bad weather, and then when we got to Chattanooga, we were sitting there and waiting on a gate about an hour, and this guy decides he wants to get off, and they had to let him off the back of the plane, shut the engines down, you know. There's just some strange people. And then when I get home, 
I turned the television on. It was the O'Reilly factor was on. My son and I were just sitting there watching, just, just too tired to go to bed almost, you know. And they were interviewing people. What's Easter about? And most of them said, I don't have a clue. It's something about, something about Jesus, but I don't know what it means. Somebody said, uh, is the Easter bunny in the New Testament or the Old Testament? And she, honestly, she said, I think it's the Old Testament. <laughs> so what, <laughs> folks, we have work to do is what I'm saying, I think, you know. I recently went to uh, my home. Uh, well, let's just let me play this.
in a Pentecostal church. Pastor and I were talking last night, and he said that you guys like to uh, to give a testimony uh, in, on Sunday mornings, and we used to do that every Wednesday night. We had a prayer, prayer meeting, we called it, and uh, we always started off with testimonies. Now, I, uh, I just recently <clears throat> went to my home and, uh, in Florida where I was raised, and I had a friend of mine with me, uh, Mark Jones. It was the son of Grandpa Jones. Y'all remember Grandpa Jones? Let me see you, but I, I used to play guitar for him. Start the Opry. Uh, the, every time they start the Opry show off, I'd play eight more miles in Louisville. will come into my view, you know. And so I, I, uh, I met Mark when he was just a, a teenager, and uh, and I said, Well, I know where you're from and country, you know. Well, his dad was Grandpa Jones, and. Uh, He'd go home and there'd be Hank Jr. shooting, target shooting in the backyard with his daddy in the holler. You know, their, their backyard was like this, hills, you know. And, uh, and so that's all he knew. He, he drove a hearse when he was in high school. <laughs> a hearse and hung out with Marty Stewart all the time. Just a, just a strange guy. And, uh, to me, I mean, I was from the city, you know, and I meet somebody like this. They got mad at these, these girls who were snooty in school called the Butler Sisters. And they, he, he and his buddies um, found a pig that got out of the yard and it was a dead pig, and they put it in their mailbox and just for a, you know, anyway, in a box. It was in a, in a box, and they thought they had the mail, and they opened it up, you know, and that's the kind of humor he had. I said, now, Mark, I know where you're from, and I remember a lot about you when you were a kid. But I said, I want, to see, I want you to see where I'm from. And we rode down and uh, saw my old high school, you know, and, and saw uh, uh, my junior high and uh, Andrew Jackson and Kirby Smith Jr. High and then went, went down the road and just a little ways. And I said, this is the way I would walk home every day from school. And I'd turn the corner and go through these railroad tracks and pray every day that I wouldn't get, you know, mobbed by a gang or something. And then and there, there's a church and it was my church. I said, this is my church. Now, look at that church. And there, they had uh, two sets of stairs outside the building. And the sanctuary was on the top. Sunday schools were down, downstairs. Remember, they used to build them that way. I don't know why they did, but they did. And they didn't have wheelchair ramps or, any, or elevators. And, uh, well, Sister Taylor's on her way up. Better go down and help her. And so they had the, the deacons or the elders, whatever you call them. They'd just go down and they'd help them up in their walkers and things like that. And uh, you, you, uh, you most of the time had to help them in. But when they got to testifying and when they got to talking about the goodness of the Lord, well, I'm just so glad to say today that I'm saved, sanctified, and baptized in the Holy Ghost. And it was just like taking this thing and woo! And then sometimes they'd have, usually have a handkerchief. Woo-hoo-hoo! And they'd just start shouting and dancing. And, and it's the same lady that was in the walker and she's going, woo! this you know and i'm going that even a kid knows that has to be real that's the holy spirit that's the what we call the holy ghost 
So when I was 11 years old and I gave my heart to Christ and, and I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I've always known there was a reality in that. I've always known, you know, that. And, uh, uh, but as I went home the other day, um, I played this song years ago. I hadn't played it until just recently. I had my mother in the car with Mark and I, and we went down my street. And you, you better be packing when you go over there now, let me tell you. But uh, as we're walk, going, riding down the road, and we turn down our street, my mom says, look how little everything looks. You ever go back to your old home? Everything looks like it's all squished together. And what looked like it was way over here is just, just real. How do we think that was a big yard? You know what I mean? And uh, I lived across the street. Before I went to work with Mark's dad, grandpa, I, my wife and I were married and I bought the house across the street and we lived there for two years. And uh, she says, I thought you lived way over there. <laughs> and you could, you could just throw a rock and hit it easy. I mean, real easy. And, uh, and there was the only thing is I, I remember I didn't have any money and I planted a tree and there was a magnolia tree and now it's good sized tree but it was just a twig when i planted it it was the only good thing i saw about it i said mom i don't even think they've plant they've painted our house since you lived in it in the 70s it was really sad you know but then it dawned on me and i said mama this is not home we're not home yet you know It's a song about heaven, and uh, the, the words are beautiful, but I'm just going to play it for you.
singing anyway. I cried holy. I clapped my hands and sang glory, glory to the Son of God.
remember uh, in that house where we were, I'd walk out the back door, I had my guitar case in my hand, I think I was 14 years old. Where are you going, boy? Going to Nashville, I ain't coming back. She said, oh yeah? She was always cooking something, and uh, I was with her last weekend, and in fact, as it's worked out, I've been with her the last three weeks. Just back and forth. I mean, I'd be in Texas and I'd go back to Florida. I'd be in back to Florida and I got to see her. I told her yesterday, I said, Mama, I just miss you. I can't believe it. Of course, I always do, but I can't believe it. I'm not seeing you this weekend. So I'd say, I'm going to Nashville. I ain't coming back. What you going to do up there? I'm going to play on the Grand Ole Opry. All right. She was always cooking for my dad and myself and my brother. Don't be late for supper. You know? And uh, I wrote her a tune. She's 88. Here's in honor of my mother. Martha's Kitchen. this kitchen <laughs> we were, as we were riding down the, there I, she says I remember when you played in the talent show how many have never seen me before this is your first time where have y'all been when we rode by my junior high school the other day I was terrible at sports I was just awful wasn't and then I'd go out in the softball field I got it I got it I'd usually get it right in the face. And I was just bad. And uh, I wasn't very popular. And it's funny because I remember other kids that were. I remember a kid named Harold. He was my friend, but he was a lot more popular than me. I still remember him. I remember these two twin girls. 
They were so pretty, just beautiful. Cheerleaders, both of them. One was a president, the other one was a vice president. You ever seen these kids? They just get everything. They get everything. Was what I found out later. They had nothing at home, you know. That's why they put their whole lives in the school. But Rita and Reba, but I still remember them. And I thought, boy, to be that popular, you know. And then, and uh, I had gotten saved a couple of years before. And and uh, some of you remember my testimony. I said, I was 11. God, give me a job to do, and I'll always tell people about you. I mean, the day I got saved, that day, God, give me something to do. And I don't mean he just kind of, boom, you're going to be a guitar player. But very, very shortly, just kind of a gentle persuasion, he put a desire in my heart to play guitar. And uh, there was a sailor that came to our church, and he, he showed me. Showed me some things like this. And I never forgot it, you know. Still play it. I called him yesterday. He lives outside of Flint, Michigan. And the Lord put us back together after all those years. Back then, he was just in his 20s, and I was like, I think I was 13 years old. And it wasn't long after I was playing. He, he never got to hear me play like that because they shipped him off, you know. He didn't hear me play for 30 years. So I went out for the contest, and I played a church song like that and lost. And I thought it was pretty good, but they, they didn't pay any attention. The next year, I thought, ninth grade, here it goes. And we were in front of that school. Mama said, I remember this just the other day. I remember where you played classical gas.
Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night prayer meeting, and Friday night youth service. We were at church all the time. And so they had a dance on Friday night, but we didn't go to the dance. No, sir, we didn't do that. I was at church. And so they announced the winner as the Doyle Dykes come down to the front desk. I went down there. Anyway, they gave me this little trophy, and it's just been a little part of my testimony for a long time. I won that little trophy, and then when you start doing things like that, people just, I guess, take notice. Next thing you know, I was in study hall, and uh, this kid came up to me, and he actually kind of was, was behind me in a chair, and then he came over and sat next to me, and, and it was Harold, this little kid I was talking about. And Harold said, uh, I know you have that little New Testament in your pocket. And they gave away little Bibles. And I gave one just like it to my grandson the other day. It has a little American flag inside, it, given by the Gideons. Remember that? And uh, he says, is there anything in that, in that book for me? And I said, well, sure. And I opened the, the Bible up to Romans, Romans 10, verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's what this is all about. That's what this is all about. It's such a simple word that a ninth grader can share it and win his buddy to Jesus because that's exactly what happened. I said, Harold, do you believe that? He said, yes. I said, you believe he lived and he died? He died for your sins. Yes. I said, do you believe he was raised from the dead? He said, yes. I said, Harold, you won't get saved? I do. And I want him to the Lord. Led him to Jesus right there. Led him to Christ. And, uh, and I told him, I said, now don't stop there. The next, the next verse, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so I said, don't, don't forget that part. I said, you need to tell somebody about it and share it with somebody. It doesn't like when I do this, does it? Well, I won't do that. For with the heart, if you know it, say it with me. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made into salvation. You can get saved just by that. It's so easy. Why is it so easy? Because he did that. He paid the price for you. And it's so hard for people to believe that. Throughout the world today, by the way, I married one of those little twin girls. <clears throat> Being a Christian ain't all a bunch of drudgery, let me tell you that. You can have a good life if you follow Christ, if you love Jesus. He will lead you and direct your life. That's why I knew that that girl had nothing at home, but she does now, let me tell you. We have four kids, three daughters and a son that's bigger than I am, plays great guitar, and five grandkids. So I'm thankful for that. You know, it was in the 10th grade 
when I went by that Andrew Jackson, I thought about Harold just the other day. It's been over 45 years. I remember just shortly after school started in September, where's Harold? I haven't seen him. The boy I won to the Lord, you know, led him to Jesus. You didn't hear about Harold? Last summer, he was swimming in the ocean. He was only chest deep of water, and the riptide took him out. They call it, we called it the undertow, got him, and they weren't able to save him, and he lost his life. But the good thing about it is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's with the Lord for over 45 years. That's the good news about all this. I'll see my daddy again. As I told mom the other day, I said, Mom, this is not home. Dad's not here. His spirit's not even here. Somewhere else. It all started when angel came to Mary and he said, you shall call his name Jesus. But also he said, you shall call his name Emmanuel, meaning, say it, God with us.
is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. I really want to uh, encourage you today that, uh, that he is still with us. He is Emmanuel, and I started off, and maybe you thought that was kind of strange. You're going from a Christmas song to the last song is called the Easter song, by the way. But the thing, when he, he is Emmanuel, meaning God with us or with us, is look at the translation that with us is God. His name is Emmanuel. And that's all the time. And the, in the very last chapter, that's in the very first chapter of Matthew, in the very last chapter of Matthew, when before Jesus ascended, he, uh, he told his disciples to, uh, to preach the gospel throughout the world, didn't he? And that's what he told us to do. But then what did he say? What was the last thing he said? And lo, I am with you always. To the even to the end of the earth. In the Old Testament, where the Easter Bunny came from, <laughs> isn't that crazy? I asked one of my grandsons, "What should Poppy play for Easter?" He said, "Play. We're going to have a good night. We're going to have a good good night." <laughs> I found out later it was by the Black Eyed Peas or something. I don't know where he got that, but. Uh, but we're going to have a good day. We're going to have a good, good day. <laughs> but even in Joshua 1 and 8, he says, Only be thou courageous and don't be afraid, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And the first thing he said in that chapter, he says, Every place you put your foot upon is blessed. So don't be afraid. And if we stand there, if we don't ever go or do anything, we're always going to stand there looking at what we could have done or what we should have done and just standing in the same place. And you're not going to be blessed that way. I know there are a lot of things. I was on a plane the other day when all that happened in, uh, in Belgium. I've been to Belgium. I played the Assemblies of God there, the National Church there with one of my Assembly of God pastor friends. And... Uh, I've been around the world, but, you know, as I remember when 9-11 hit, it was the same thing. People were afraid, and that's exactly what uh, the enemy is trying to do to us. But the good news is that there's a lot of bad news in the world today, but the good news is that he is risen, and he is with us. I've, I've been around to places like Shanghai, China, and there were students that would ask, why did you start playing the guitar? And I gave my testimony. And I, I remember there was one of my friends. He was a business guy there. And he's going, oh, no, we're dead. <laughs> They're going to arrest you for this. It was on the radio. I said, I became a Christian when I was 11 years old. I gave my heart to Jesus. And I raised my hands and said, give me a job to do. And I'll always tell people about you. And now I'm in China doing that. There's one thing to tell in church. and another thing to even say that on the Grand Ole Opry. But the thing is, you know, he's always a gentleman. He'll, he always opens the door for you. He always does. Pastor and I were talking about that last night. So he wants us, he wants people to see Christ in us. Amen. That's what this is about too. He's coming soon. I do believe that. But until he does, the only Jesus most people will ever see is through you and I. That's the thing. Mark Jones, 
uh, grandpa's son I talked about, uh, we had such a wonderful time with him. We told stories about, you know, grandpa and all the things that, you know, of course he was a comedian and all. We had a lot of fun in our shows doing that. And uh, even at Christmas, you know, one time he lost a cow and he was out trying to find the cow. And uh, he had his son going throughout the holler looking for that cow. I know it's out there. He's got to be lost. I didn't find a break in the fence, you know. He got jumping Bill Carlisle, one of his grand old Opry buddies, out there the next day all day long. Finally, Ramona said, well, it's time to eat. Mark, go out of the freezer and get us some food. And he opens the freezer, and all this meat came out in white packages. He said, Dad, I think I found your cow. <laughs> you know. So I've known these people for a long time. So uh, Grandpa died back in 1998, and uh, Ramona has, uh, had been alive until just a few months ago. She would have been 92 in January. That's his wife. Wonderful fiddle player. Played a lot of shows with Ramona. But they always treated me like family, even when they would honor Grandpa and some things like the Country Music Hall of Fame. They would always always bring me in and be on the panel with all these big stars and big people they were always nice to me and so Rita and I felt like we needed to go see Ramona when she was in the hospital just this past Thanksgiving and just the week before Thanksgiving is actually when she died the week right before Thanksgiving and when we were on our way down there we were talking about it when we got there I had called Mark was there he lives in Arkansas but he came to see his mother he'd been there for two nights straight and uh, he looked pretty tired and we prayed with Mark and we prayed with Ramona and loved on her, and but we knew that she wasn't she was uh, not going to make it very long, and uh, she was in a comatose state. And uh, and they said, well, they're going to move mom tonight to a more of a hospice care center, you know, and they cross town. And I, and I looked at my wife Rita. I said, oh, I wish they wouldn't do that, you know. And before we left, Mark said, see that name up on the wall there? I said, Ramona. And I said, yes, your mom. He said, no, that's the nurse's name. I said, well, that's nice. And he said, well, she came in here, and uh, she said, well, I want you all to know that this Ramona is going to take good care of your Ramona, and that sort of thing, you know. She's just a real sweet little gal. And... Um, and then when she came back in, Mark's sisters were in there. He said, this, this, this late young lady's name is Ramona. And they said, well, how'd you get a name like Ramona? Because you know, we don't hear that much that often. She said, well, my mama gave that name to me. Y'all, Do y'all know anything about country music? And they said, well, a little. And they said, well, do you ever heard of Grandpa Jones? And they said, well, yes. He was our daddy. And she looked over at the bed and saw Ramona there, and she didn't say anything else. She just went by her bed and knelt down and took her by the hand. She said, Miss Ramona, I have heard my mother from the time I was a little child on her knees and seen her, but pray that one day I would get to meet my namesake. And, and she wanted to meet you too, but she says all these years you have been such a blessing to our family and she never knew it and she just had big tears in her eyes and she they were all touched by that and I said well Mark man that ought to be a blessing he said yeah and uh, she came back in and 
a little later on, she said, uh, do y'all mind if I call my mom on my cell phone? She doesn't believe any of this. So they called her on her cell phone, and she says, is it true that, and they said, oh, yeah, and Mark got on the phone, your daughter Ramona's taking good care of our Ramona. She said, well, Lord, I'd love to meet her myself. She said, my name is Brenda, if I could ever do anything to help, but I, I'm just so thankful this is a God thing. And, uh, and then we left after that. I said, well, boy, what a way to get you through something like this. And then uh, the next day, Mark called me because uh, he says, well, they did move mom, she, and she went on to be with the Lord. Doyle. But he said, let me tell you what else happened after y'all left. She said, they put her in an ambulance, and I rode with her to this other place. And the hospital she was in, they had hundreds of nurses. Who would have ever even thought, how can you even calculate that that happened in the first place? Then they took her across town about 30 or 40 minutes away, in this five-story building with just, you know, rooms everywhere and a lot of nurses there. And this lady kept coming in, and she had a book, and she says, I'll be with you all in just a moment. She says, I've been so busy. And she came back in, and she says, Shoo. She says, well, I'm finally here. She says, I am her caregiver, and I'll be here for the rest of the night. I'm not going anywhere else. She said, my name is Brenda. <laughs> and she said, and this is Ram Ramona? Is that Ramona Jones? And they said, yes. She says, my daughter was taking care of her. She said, I talked to you on the phone. She said, how in the world could this happen? And she went to her bed, and she said, Miss Ramona, <laughs> I have always wanted to meet you. And she took care of her, didn't leave that room until she went to be with the Lord that night. Now, that family saw Jesus and her and Ramona and Brenda and her mother. Jesus showed himself through them. He has never left us, folks. He, has never, he will not forsake you. If you haven't given your heart and your life to Jesus Christ, without the, the hope of the resurrection, back a few years ago when I said I did something else, I did pastor a church for a few years. And I did a few funerals in my time, and we always go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It talks about the resurrection. For without the resurrection, we'd be most miserable. We would be the most pitied people on earth because that is our hope. And without the resurrection, what does any of this mean? But the thing is, either you believe it or you don't believe it. But I believe it to be true. Amen. Sometimes when you're in a situation like maybe Harold was, I've been in a situation when, you know, you, know, you got, you're having a wonderful meal with your family and after church and had a wonderful service and had standing ovations. My little girl said, standing probation. Dad, we got a standing probation. And then after church, you go to a restaurant. I have my son there and my daughters, and five men come in with shotguns and hold us up, and they had a gun on me, told me, don't you move, boy, and don't you, you and all this kind of stuff, don't you look at me. And one minute, you're in control, and the other minute, you think you have no control whatsoever, except I looked at my daughters, I said, by heads we began to pray and that peace that Jesus said I leave with you my peace I give unto you is real I'm telling you it is a reality you can't take a crash course in prayer 
at a time like that. You're either connected or you're not. I tell you what, I was glad to be connected. I'm thankful I didn't know that I would even be able to stand here today. I had no idea that I had another day in my life except that I would be gone. And I said, but God, if anything happens to me, I trust you to take care of my children. You know, that's a trust that you have. You won't have a, a, a relationship with your wife or your business partner or anyone or your pastor or any, unless you trust them. You're not going to have a good relationship in anything, any kind of relationship. It's all based on trust. Let me ask you, do you trust him? Do you trust when Jesus said, and behold, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you to the very end of the earth. Amen. And praise you, Jesus. I'm just a guitar player. I know my limitations, but I serve a God that has none. He has no limitations.
Amen. You know, I would, uh, I would just like to uh, thank Doyle for being here, but you know, um, I don't know if you felt the presence of the Lord with here, and not just in the music, but in Doyle's testimony and his life, and, uh, and you know, everything he says is true. Did you know that? He didn't make it up. And uh, I, I just want to give us a chance this morning, if you just close your eyes with me. Father in heaven, we honor you this morning. I thank you so much for my brother Doyle, his ministry, his music, but more so the message. And Father, I just want to give an opportunity for anyone here this morning that has never had the opportunity or taken the opportunity to choose you. Father, I just give them the opportunity right now. In Jesus' name. Folks, all it takes, keep your eyes closed, please. All it takes is a choice. Jesus had the choice that day to accept the call from his father. That, that evening in the garden, he could have walked away. He could have called for a, many, many thousands of angels. And you could have said, I'm done. I'm not doing it. But he answered the call. He made the choice. And so this morning, we have the choice to accept that sacrifice. And so this morning, I just want to give you the chance to choose to choose this day to receive that sacrifice of who Jesus is, what he did, what he is today. So this morning, if you've never done that, all you have to do is make a simple choice to say, Jesus, I receive you. I believe everything that is in your word, and I accept you for who you are. This morning, if you've made that choice today or if you made it a long time ago, would you just raise your hand with me and say, thank you, Jesus, for that choice? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you, Jesus, for doing what you've done on the cross for me. Thank you for sharing your gift with me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you've done that for the first time, would you make it known to me or to Doyle or someone else this morning that you accepted Jesus today? Now, understand this is an important thing to do, right? There's, there's more to this than just this day. This is day one. There's more, so much more to living for Jesus after this. But this is the day. Doyle, thank you so much. Amen. Let's give Doyle a praise. Amen. Thank you. I want, to take, we, we, I, want to, I want to take a special offering for Doyle, a love offering that everything from this is going to go to Doyle. So this morning, if ushers would prepare uh, to take the offering again. And, and Doyle, would you play one more song for us while we take offering? Do you, have any, do you know any more? <laughs> is that a silly question or what? Amen. Let's, uh, let's just uh, ask the Lord to give us an answer. What should we bless Doyle with this morning? Doyle has a family. He has needs. You know, he has needs like you and I do, and we want to bless him. We want to give him a real generous offering this morning. So let the Lord just minister in your heart this morning. Father, we just ask you, thank you so much again for being with us this morning. Thank you for sharing with us resurrection life. We're so grateful. We're so thankful for that. I pray, Lord, that we would bless our brother with a great offering this morning that would go to further your kingdom because we trust Doyle as you trust Doyle. And we love you in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. My granddad used to sing this song. I love him. I love him because he first loved me and purchased my salvation on Calvary's tree. Sing that with me. I love him, I love him, because he first loved me. First John chapter 4, and purchased my salvation on Calvary's tree. And then he'd have everybody sing. I love you, I love you, because you first loved me, and purchased my salvation on Thank you so much for being here today. I believe Doyle's got a.